0: All right. Thank you so much for watching 2023 or listening. It's been a great year. So we've had incredible guests. We've had Matt Best, Logan Stark. We've had kind of the the regular Black Rifle Coffee lineup. Everybody that's worked here, we've plugged in. We've gone shoulder in on creating a ton of value with a lot of these guests. Uh, I want to personally thank guys like Drago that made it, I think, one of the best shows of the year. Earl Plumley, he obviously has an incredible story to tell. Former Green Beret, he just retired. So reach out to Earl, uh, thank him for his service, congratulate him on his retirement. 24 is gonna be even better. We have an incredible lineup of guests. We're gonna be retooling some of the formatting for the show. We're gonna be going through doing the Q and A's with myself, with Matt Best. Logan Stark's coming back in January. So we have hunting guests. We have military guests. We have incredible icons like Travis Pastrana that will be back, Tim Kennedy, Mike Glover, Andy Stomp, and we'll be doing a lot of product reviews. I can't thank you guys enough for supporting Black Rifle Coffee, the Black Rifle Coffee podcast, and all the content that we do. I'm really excited for 24. I've got a ton of really cool content that I want to do. I'm going to go down the rabbit hole, on coffee with everybody. So we're going to be doing coffee shop reviews, not only for our shops, um, because I drink coffee all around the United States all the time, I drink everybody's coffee. Uh, I'll be doing sweet gear reviews, throwing things off my roof, be shooting things with my bow, shooting things with my gun. I'm super excited. I can't thank everybody enough for listening to the podcast, watching the podcast, subscribing to the Black Rifle Coffee Club Uh, subscribing to the ECS, supporting us in everything that we do. So I truly love and appreciate the fact that my customers and everybody out there gives us the opportunity to come back and serve them incredible products. Um, I'm humbled by the opportunity to continue to do this every day. So on to the show. The Black Rifle
1: Podcast starts now.
2: That's, That's on too the much. You
0: need six by six, you oh, and I'm one sure. other person. He can't. He's already hurt himself. He's done training. Really? Can you climb that rope? Can you climb that rope? Probably.
2: You weigh, a, you weigh a hundred pounds. <laughs> I could probably climb that rope. No feet. Oh, i got a keep feet. I to climb Look at that
0: second He's got <cord. laughs>
3: Oh, that, this is, um... Uh, wow. That's a slick rope, were Andy.
0: And then we we had this like operator session of like Dungeons and Dragons in a uh, Guatemalan hot tub. It was like one of the single funniest fucking things I've ever been around. Cause it's like all of us in this gigantic hot tub in the middle of, of wherever the fuck we were in Guatemala. We were going on a coffee sourcing trip. So it was like we we rented this Airbnb that was a mansion for like thirty bucks a night or whatever it was overlooking <laughs> overlooking a lake and and we sat in there and Marty Scovlin and Edwin and all these dudes and we just got like you know I don't know a hundred beers and we sat in this fucking hot tub for like six hours playing D and D and he was so frustrated because he's you know dungeon master level six I don't know I always get the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> titles confused with the dungeon and dragon you know? Yeah, like grand, grand Wizard yeah. I don't know, man.
4: Like I get it confused.
0: I could called Grand Wizards, Grand Dads, or whatever the fuck it is, man.
3: You you show and, up, you're like, ooh, I am at the wrong uh, <laughs> Tuesday night meeting. Fuck.
0: We're not rolling dice on this one. <laughs>
3: Oopsie! So, guys, could you not share this on MSBC for me, please? <laughs> What's the cross
0: for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys, what? What are we wizards? Wizards, man! Wizards, awesome! It's like, cool. But he was—he was frustrated. Like, were you guys just getting not again? Well, yeah, but no, 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 because everything turned into like we we're we, you know, it starts in like a. Uh, a bar scenario, right? Where and with the bar wench comes to this, gives us, you know, beers and we're like, oh, can we fuck her? How, how, can we all do it? Hey, how's it do? How's this whole thing work? You know? Roll the, the dice going, to yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. Ah. And it's like you're rolling the dice to be like everybody at once or nobody or whatever, you know. One, like, one. You go to jail for like, sexual harassment. <laughs> hey, like, okay, man, you guys have been Banging out this barmaid for like two hours in this game. You got to turn the page and do something else. <laughs> it's like, There's more to it. What? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. What are we, are we supposed to go on some adventure? I'm not finished like, yet. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, you got to go fight these uh, archers or whatever. I'm like, all right, but when can we go back to this barmaid, man? <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I'm still coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Hold on. This is fantasy, right? And it's like, yeah can we fuck each other in the game? Like, <laughs> what? Like I say, like, you guys need to slow down on these beers. These Guatemalan beers. Are like... <laughs> I just
3: love the idea of you showing up at an Airbnb. It's like, oh, how much per night? Oh, it's going to be uh, 4,000. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's reasonable. You show up and like, yeah, 40,000 shiny beads or whatever the fuck they use for currency <laughs> yeah. down there.
0: Uh pesos. pesos. I think so. Yeah, yeah.
5: In
3: Guatemala, they, they use
0: pesos? I don't know. I just yeah. made that up. Oh, well, I believe you. So yeah. very confidently. It seemed like so, you, you would know. Yeah, uh, is that a racial <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> <laughs> I, Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm you know, no. fucking clueless. No. Have you guys ever played? Have you guys ever played D and D?
3: I no, never.
5: Fuck no.
0: Why not? It seems it's, fucking it's, it's funny actually, shit to me. It's
3: actually kind of fun because you can kind of make up your story as you go.
0: It seems like a really one. It seems really creative, like on the spot creative, with a little bit of structure, and it seems pretty freaking rad. <laughs> What's it? What, you, what's your what's your deal? Why do I you don't know. Like, I just get I get bored if the if it's not like you know just debauchery. I'm just like all oh, this board game. I
3: don't. We're like, what bring, what bring mezcal to the D and D session. Right. Two That's bottles going to be t- dangerous after two hours. Yeah, yeah no, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, there's like I'm just gonna attack I my know. teammates now. <laughs> 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 I killed Cody. Where's the <laughs> <a> fucking
0: barmaid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mescal, I brought peyote. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> that I explains those things she's, <laughs> a lot. That <laughs> <I laughs> explains <laughs> why she's shivering in the corner with yeah. a glock. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the reasons why we we went public to begin with was the fact like I'm not I'm not gonna let everybody win which is like we still have to be able to go through the american system. You can still be a a great company, you can still go and be on the New York Stock Exchange and you don't have to be woke. You can just go do it. Yeah. Now you're going to suffer the plight of sometimes Job depending on where you're where you're at. But if we don't participate in these systems and if we just say fuck it, we're going to go do our own thing in these other systems, I don't think you can really affect change. And and I, I still think we're in a place where we can affect change based on just that most of us are fairly logic. I'm I'm lumping all of us into this, like this, this group of people where it's like, we want freedom, right? So we want freedom. We want freedom to carry guns. We want freedom to, you know, pay less in taxes. We want freedom to do like, we just want more freedom. Like, I I don't think we're going to lose that argument. (laughs) Like, like I don't know if a lot of people are like, actually I'm I, I mean fair there's a lot of people on the internet that that like to defend this but it's like I don't think there's a lot of people that are in their 40s and they're taxpaying citizens going like you know what I'm just a, I want way less freedom. I want is I want I want the least amount of freedom you'll you'll provide me. That's what I mean that's what I'm in in for. That's what I want. I'm like
6: cuz well that's how they win the conversation though is cuz they don't frame it that way.
0: Right.
3: They don't say would you like to have less freedom. Mm-hmm. What they say is would you like to have more safety? Yeah. And people. Oh, yeah. No, I like yeah, safety. Yeah. I like being safe. And that—that's where you get caught up into the the, the battle of diction, which mm-hmm. is not fun.
0: Well, I I, I used to talk to this quite a bit, where it's like you can get we we can make people really safe. Like we can build a wall, and we can put barbed wire on the top of it, and then we can put guards at all the corners with lights, and then we can give you your own room that's also got a lock on it. Like and then we, we can escort you to and from you know places where we can also, you know, put eyes on you. Like the showers are in shower. Great, right. But, yeah. You know. Like <laughs> build them that place that they want to live because it seems like there is a certain population or a certain portion of our population that's where they want to live. I think you should be able to just opt and go. I want to go live in that safe place. And you can just call it a safe place, you yeah. know. Go live in the safe place. You can opt in for more taxes. We'll co-opt your taxes. Maybe give them a job. They could do like license plates or stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. there's a system in place. <laughs> there's already a system in place. Instead of the, you could call it the, the the safety industrial complex. And all you have to do is smoke weed with FPS Russia, right? Yeah, and then you can <laughs> spend two months living safe, in a safe environment, <laughs> right? <laughs> But it's, it's true. it's true. Like oh, I got something in my eyes. Like well, no, you don't. You don't got anything in your eye. <laughs> oh, it's so true though. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm wondering. Like if you think back on that on that day, when when you when you put yourself back into that into into those moments where you're like, did you think about it when you were doing it? Like this is fucking crazy. Like I shouldn't be doing this. Like I'm gonna die. Did you think those I, thoughts? Yes,
7: I. <laughs> there, there. It got to a point that day where I started to lose. It, I tell people, it was, I was looking through like a straw this big, right, and it was getting smaller, 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 and it, it went black. I thought I died, and I was at peace. I was there with my boys, right, doing what I wanted to do. Well, then my battalion XO slapped the shit out of me and woke me up, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I'm still here." (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I just people ask that you know all the time, like, "Would you do it again?" You know, what what were you thinking with? It was great. It's not normal to have somebody no. firing a belt fed machine gun from 10 feet away at your face. Right. It's not normal. How I lived and everybody else got shot. I can't answer it. I don't know. I mean, I feel thank God. I, I mean, I was hit with three grenades. Right. But they were all like the homemade bullshit. Bullshit. More. Yeah. There was more fuel in it than there was trap. Oh, uh, right. So it looked kind of like a Hollywood type explosion, a lot of right. flame and everything, but yeah. not the punch. Yeah. And that's probably what saved me. Right. Um but yeah, I I do remember thinking I'm not none of us are coming out of here. Right. I honest to God, I did not think nobody would come out of there alive. Um and I had like I said, I had made peace. Um I was there with my Marines and
0: how many frags do you have on you when you stepped in there?
7: Um, I probably had two or three. Yeah. And, you know, I had eight Marines and a corpsman. And right. With, I was at the top of the stairs, and they were literally, like, passing them to me. Right. And I'm just chucking grenades. And then, you know, they're like, milk it, because they kicked one back. Yeah,
0: okay. I'm like, fuck,
7: I've heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as all yeah. this is going on, yeah, yeah. you're trying to, like, go back to training, like, Basic shit.
0: Yeah, cook it off. Cook it off. So what's that like?
7: That was one of the weirdest feelings. I'm holding this M67 frag grenade in my hand. And it's like, one, two, (laughs) you know, it's like, I got to, fuck. Yeah. You know, but...
0: Like that, that that is like something that nobody will experience yeah. unless you've been in a right. in a, in a no they,
7: grenade fight. Right. But after they kick one back at you, it's you have like, to. I have to do this. Right. Or they're going to. We're all going to die. Yeah. So.
0: So what you think? You actually held on to it for two seconds? I, were you like one one thousand, two one thousand?
7: <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I think like, it was a one, one two. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. I it was a fast count. Yeah. You know because. With the small arms fire going yeah. on and everything, and it's like, oh my god! I and the guys, like I said, like milk that mother.
0: Well, I and used like, to, ah. I used to think about that all the time. Right. I was like, I fucking hope I am never in this circumstance. Right. And thankfully, it was never that circumstance. But I was like, I never. Wanna be in a situation where
7: I have to cook one of these off. I mean oh. and it's it would be the worst feeling on the planet. And you know what? I didn't I wasn't thinking this in the moment, <laughs> but like after the fact, I'm like, you know, this was built by the lowest. Bidder. Yeah,
0: that's what I always thought about. It's like, like, what if they didn't get the timing right? <laughs> uh. <laughs>
7: um
1: But yeah, you know, it was just like the days were repetitive, you know, and like were you just bored? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, like for, you know, eight months out of the year, six months out of the year, you're like, no, I'm not traveling at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the food's the same. Schedule's the same. You know, there, there's there's fun times. Don't get me wrong. But your day-to-day is, it's grand. Um, so, you know, there, I had some cool opportunities. You know, I got to open a supplement company with some friends, wrote a book, launched HWPO training. So mm-hmm. it's like, these are all these things that I've been wanting to do this right. whole time. Um, but I had one interaction early in my career where I think I think I had won the games one time. Um and then I was trying to do the responsible thing. I was going to buy like a duplex or a triplex, right, live in right. one unit, rent out the other. I was like, No, this is the right thing to do. And uh my accountant was like, What the fuck are you doing? He was like, If you if everything goes right and they pay the rent on time, they're the best neighbors ever how much do you make? And I was like, I don't know, 24, 36 grand, whatever it came right. out to. And he was like, if everything goes wrong and they keep you up every night, they're you know, they terrible. Yeah. How much is it gonna cost you? Like if it costs you yeah. losing the games because you're distracted. And I was like, I lose a lot. And he was like, exactly. He was like, do nothing but compete. Do nothing but compete. Like that's how you make your money. That's how mm-hmm. you know, you're building your resume, go do that. And so I just took that to heart. And I was like, all right, until I retire, I do nothing but this.
0: That's that's actually really s- simple and sage advice for a lot of people because I, I have similar – that's actually way better and, and more clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I have very, very simple advice for a lot of people. It's like triage your time. Yeah. And then what you do is you concentrate on the things that are directly yielding you a positive ROI return on your mm-hmm. investment. And then you chop out all the white noise. Yeah. I'm like, there you go. So if you're spending time on things that are returning a negative, yeah. meaning negative energy, negative income, negative, that, negative, negative, kill all that stuff. That's the biggest thing that like,
1: you know, you just like, you want to be tough and yeah. like, nope, like, I don't care what's going on around me. I'm going to get this done. No, negative energy. That shit builds up. It's like, cut Dude. it out. Like, for me, the best example is that when I first started. So I was in school full-time. Um, you know, I'm carrying crazy course load, taking a full course load during the summers. Because I'm just like... I want- Where were you going to school? Uh, UVM, University right. of Vermont. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but, like, I, I was hustling, you know. I wanted to get the credits done as quickly as I could. And, you know, I would scavenge up eight other students. I would take a summer course so we mm-hmm. could just plow through the whole summer and try to get our g- degrees done quickly. Um, yeah. Fuck! I forgot where I was going with that, but um, <laughs> I mean it's. But like that, like cutting out the fat. Oh yeah, that, that's where I was going with it. Like I was in, I was in school full time, carrying typically between eighteen and twenty credit hours. I was training, you know, to go to the games, and then that summer I had a summer internship at an aerospace company.
0: Um, Which one?
1: Uh, at the time, it was called UTC, uh-huh. uh, formerly what was it? Goodyear, Goodrich. Okay. Um, yeah, the big thing is like land air defense missiles. Right. Um so you know, as a young kid, college internship, this is, like the best one in the area. Yeah. I'm fucking psyched on it and then it was like sitting behind a desk and doing government contracts yeah. and you're like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck that. Um but anyways, like, you know, I was juggling all these things and I I knew I wanted the college degree. I knew I wanted to compete in CrossFit because it was a good side hustle. And so I just cut everything out of my day. You know, I'm leaving the house at 6 a.m. I have, you know, gym backpack, school backpack. And I'm getting home at 8 p.m., and it's just like you're going straight to school. Right. In between classes, like I got two hours. I rip to the gym. You know, don't no pleasantries, no saying hi to anyone. Right. Very little warmth, and it's like, well, if you want to get the shit done, get the shit done. Um, but it's like how much time you can lose just the bullshit in your day. Mm-hmm. Little conversations here, getting worried about little things there, like things that don't matter and i i'm glad i put myself in that situation 10 years ago because i was able i'm like oh shit yeah the days plenty long right like yeah i just need to quit fucking around
0: <laughs> right yeah the days plenty long it's you just need to like chop out all the white noise yeah yep and <clears throat> i feel it i feel it all the time because i feel it in the um, the business circumstance and the mm-hmm. context if i come into the office i get hardly anything done because It's like, and by the way, I plan my day around that. So it's like, I come into the office to have conversations with multiple people that ultimately eat up most of my day. (laughs) If I have a packed day of like meetings where I have to get a bunch of shit done, I can't come into the office. Or just like duck in the back door. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Like you and I talked like, I mean, obviously we've known each other for like 10 years now. And like I, I remember distinctly when, when, uh, when when we first met, you were talking about how you used to eat like Chinese food out of like the 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 yeah the, <laughs> the, yeah, the food the food, the truck, food behind, truck behind the library man <laughs> yeah dude yeah. yeah yeah and you were training for the games right yeah. and you're like eating like shit you I mean full I mean for me it was just like that's what I had access yeah, to
1: right um you know I was living in my parents' basement in a yeah. shitty apartment that had no windows I was driving a three hundred dollar like a or like some Oldsmobile, shit. Yeah. 1988 <laughs> yeah. Oldsmobile. Um, you know, I'm, half my wardrobe was from Costco. Like, yeah. I didn't give a fuck. If supplements were free, they were for me. Like, right. I didn't fucking care. I just wanted to go there and do my thing. Um, and none of the other stuff mattered. And I knew, like, hey, if I do this stuff well, the other stuff will come. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll, it'll come here eventually. And I tried not to skip any steps, right. you know, like just s- grind. You know, and I, I found, I don't know, like it became motivational to me of like being in the shitty situation and right. still winning. And like, yeah. you know, you find the silver lining. Like my old home gym had like five foot 11 ceilings, so I couldn't go overhead. Yeah. Um, had no windows, had no air vents coming in. So it was about as shitty as shit he got. And it was 100 and, or no, it was like 200 square feet, the whole home gym. Right. You know, and, and I, that's where I trained every day and and then i won the games and i was like all right if i can build a fucking champion there like what's going to happen when i get a better home gym right. and so then when i moved to tennessee my home gym got bigger in size right. and then it went from like the <laughs> dusty grimy dark hot room to the perfectly manicured perfectly clean like i have every piece of equipment i have enough height i can do everything yeah yeah and so part of me was like ooh am i going to lose my edge right but then i just like switched my brain i'm like no now if I built a champion in the shitty room, like imagine what I can do in this lab, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it's just to kind of always finding those silver linings and keep
0: that ball rolling. Yeah. What's it, what's that like when you go from being in this like shitty home gym, 200 square foot to, okay, now you're, the, you're the, you're the champion. I mean, yeah. you're the fittest guy in the world. Like, how do you make that distinct change where you're like, I mean, does it go to your head a little bit? Does it kind of like get, get to you where you're like your ego starts to blow up or like who's I'm, keeping you in check? I mean, no, nothing really changed for me. Nothing.
1: Um, You know, I think I won the games twice before I moved out of my mom's basement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Are you Are you nuts? Like you don't know who you're going to run yeah. into. Yeah. So I just pulled out. Like he got out of his car and I was and I was like, yeah, yeah, or something, you know, and then as soon as he got out of his car and started walking forward, I just pulled back out onto the road and drove away, right? Yeah, because right. I'm not going to
2: get, uh, no, in, a, get a fist in a, in a physical my altercation it's with my kids? kids in the car. <laughs> no.
0: And, you know, this is a guy that's in a F-350. It has a professional logo on the side for a construction company. How He's, weird. It was so strange, but it was a Tim Kennedy moment where I was like, who is the insane person? Yeah, you're going to get shot. That you're gonna step out of a car in yeah. Texas and start walking and closing the gap. Fuck around and find out. And it's out. like, whoa, dude, <laughs> you you don't know what's what's gonna happen. Yeah, and
4: I got my kids in the car. And so I got I'm my kids shoot in the car. The fucking like, face. Yeah. it
0: was just like one of those eye-opening moments where you're like, dude, I could be, I could be Tim Kennedy. The other yeah. one was like, we were talking about this creating this competition where, where we were like, well, we're gonna have this like shooting competition that's long range shooting, uh, short range archery, like have all these different different events and then have like a section where you have to like put a bicycle together with a welder or some shit to ride it five yeah. miles and then and then you have a smoker at the end where you just like box or fight or whatever it could be like mixed martial arts at the end to declare the ultimate man right i think that's what we we, yeah. we, we framed it up as but then i was like did I just invent a competition for Tim Kennedy to fucking win? <laughs> yeah, was that like, what I did? I just invented something that I was like, where I'm going to go and get my was, ass beat by, like, by Tim. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's why weight classes exist, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
4: they, yeah they, that's, some people, that's just not the arena to enter with Tim, because he's going to he's gonna do nasty shit to you. I was with Brandon Shaw one time when he was fighting, and you know, UFC heavyweights, say we will, black belt in jiu-jitsu, enjoy that shit. Right. Uh, deadlifting 600 pounds and uh, some dude, some dude like probably like 40, some civilian and and we're in Brendan's car in his Porsche and this fucking dude is doing the same shit and then just pulls just pulls next to us like you got a fucking problem he's got the rap oh on sunglasses. and i went I, I think i said something like i was like don't get daddy mad cuz if he busts he going to bust <laughs> <laughs> the guy nukes, was like I go, look at his ears mm, uh, dude, yeah for you yeah. Yeah. no the guy saw the guy saw his ears like oh, fuck this <laughs> I'd love That's to that a telltale color.
3: sign, cauliflower ears. Yeah, you just, you can get them. Just
4: do them. I was to, a wrestler. Nothing off. happened. Really? Yeah, but I wore my headgear. Oh, smart man. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you wear a singlet when you're? I'm wearing uh, one right now. You're wearing one yeah, right now. Yeah, but it
4: unsnaps at the crotch, good. so it's kind of like a leotard. What was the
0: question? Do you wear a singlet when you're doing MMA? When you're when you're doing jujitsu? Only
4: when I'm street fighting.
0: Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Only, so and then
4: sometimes just for discipline. hold on, I have to get my singlet on. I yeah. think that would and actually when I, and, and love making. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when when my when my, when it's my lady's lucky day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro? yeah, yeah. And I pull it. I pull it off, and I'm like, this is what a father of three looks like.
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah you're that? Done. So I say, okay, I'm American. This is my country. Yeah, it is my moral obligation to support my country. I cannot build jobs because I have no resources. I don't have, and I don't know how to do it. But I can fight for America. I didn't know about seals at the time. I knew that uh, uh, it was not that. Um, so what happened first? I fill up this selective enlistment, yeah. se- selective enlistment card, mm-hmm. whatever the draft. Yeah, the selective reserve, right? Yeah, reserve, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. yeah, I thought it's like say, America is at "War." I fill it up, send it to them, and like. Next week, I'll just go to war. And <laughs> so I sent it out, I came, I packed my stuff. I was, I was living with a bunch of skydivers. I said, where are you Drago going? I said, I'm you going to war. Your stuff? Yeah. I said, where are you going? I'm going to war. I say, <laughs> what war? I said, the Persian Gulf War. I was like, okay, uh, uh, why would you go there? I mean, this is a war, you can get killed. I said, America needs me because I'm American, this is my country, I will fight for it. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're like, okay, so what did you do? Well, I said, I say, filled this contract. Say, oh, okay, you have a contract. It's like, came out the letter, well, thank you, but no thank you, you are too old, this is for young kids, like 18 years yeah. old, that you guys fill it up to right, send it. Yeah. And uh, that's not the contract. So they just laughed at me, but I say, okay, what you need to do, if you really want to do it, go to recruiting office. So you were living with skydivers. Skydivers, were you yeah. skydiving? Yeah, I was. Oh. Teaching. I was uh, by this time. Uh, I have an awesome life. Yeah, I mean, I had a job. I was a mechanic by this time. Really? I was fully established. I was Mercedes mechanic. Yeah. So I, I was going to Mercedes schools, or to sub schools yeah. in, in different cities. I was getting all these certifications. Yeah. Good pay. Life was great. Got into skydiving, and then by this time I was AFF jump master. Actually, I was. I was already teaching skydiving. Holy shit! So I said, well, so my intention was never join military and stay there. I just want to go to war, yeah. help out, and just come back, resume my great life that I yeah. had. And it just never happened. I just stayed. But so when I when I went to the so I went to army office and they started processing my paperwork, it took a while. And I was like, anxious because I like, well, the war will be over by the time you guys finish it. I was like, no, no, don't worry about it. And then happened that. At my drop zone, when I used to skydive and teach skydiving, uh, Navy SEALs came in leapfrogs to do demonstrational jump in Memphis. And that's they, of course, came to our drop zone, my extra jumps. Now, and then we start talking about this. no, no, no. You need to go to army guys, take this paperwork and go next door to the Navy guys. Tell them that you want to be a Navy SEAL. I was like, Navy SEAL, I don't know what it is. But so they start telling, telling me a little bit about it. And the the more they tell me, the more I was fascinated Mm. and more fired up. I went, grabbed the paperwork, brought it to them. And uh, they look at my paperwork and say, well, I tell you this, you are like almost 28, I was going 32. You are like four years over the limit to be in a to join SEAL training. So we cannot guarantee you that. But I can tell you this from my experience, he says, if you, so you sign, when you sign this paperwork, you go to bootcamp, they make a SEAL out of you. I have no doubt about it. <laughs> it's like, okay, if I don't become a SEAL, I will go and fight for America, any capacity they need me. I went, I was sworn to delay entry program, and then like a couple of days later, I left to bootcamp. But first I called my girlfriend at the time, and I say, look, I'm joining the Navy SEAL, so kind of know about it, but... Yeah, what about? Was but I'm doing it next week. <laughs> what? Well, this is not the news. We're going to get married. We need to get married now because uh, if I go to boot camp, you know. Being where you were to coming to America. I, I, okay, without- so after I was released from prison. Yeah. Uh, and again, I was mentioning about the trainings. that we go. So I resume my, try to resume my life. And what happened quite often that I was we are walking out from the gym, walking on the streets, the car pulls in the bunch of dudes in civilian clothes jump with the badges so you go with us. They got right. me throwing the car and then we drove. We drove, drove, drove like till two o'clock in the morning in out inside the town, outside the town. So, I was afraid that one day I don't come back from these trips. Yeah. Then, and I think there was maybe like getting people used to it. So, I went to US embassy. I said, like, I, I I don't feel safe anymore. I, I, I need to leave. I went to US embassy and asked for help. And I, I think like within three months I had a, promissory visa for, to emigrate as a political refugee.
0: You, you fly to the States, and then where do you land?
8: So I didn't fly mm-hmm. right away to the United States. So it was you- actually, the, the America had already programmed for refugees, for uh-huh. people like like me. So I flew to Germany, and there was a center run, I think, by the State Department. So none of us knew how America right. Wars, how it looks inside. All we knew is that this is the country that people are free. Mm-hmm. They can live the way they want to live their lives. The government is not stepping on them, not, not telling him what they can, what they cannot do. And as long as they are good with each other, as long as they are not uh, uh, attacking other fellow citizens, they are they are free to leave. Mm-hmm. So the, that the, that we knew by this time, that America was always that beacon of freedom that it's, people look up and say that. And I remember when I was in Warsaw with my father. I was thinking, going to, uh, ne- going from school near American embassy. I always like to stop and read those uh, advert, those those they have like glass mm-hmm. cases where they have all the information. I love to read, and I was remember mm-hmm. yeah, why Poland cannot be like this. You know, why do we have to live under this oppression? These nasty, h- hateful communists. They never ask us what you can do for America. The only thing we're asked is, you know, they were teaching us about America, you know, what, how people think, maybe you know, like what to expect, when, what to, you know, not to do. Yeah. But um, but they ask us about only one thing. Say, you know, when you come to America, what we ask you to do is respect our customs, respect our law, and respect our citizens. So, yeah. So you go from Germany and then— And work. then, so from Germany, oh, that's funny, actually, the story, too, because they they— you know, I was waiting for my assignment to yeah. America where I come. And they call me to the office and say, like, where do they say, like, preferences about America? Where would you like to settle down? Mm-hmm. So I say, well, I'm sick and tired of being freaking cold. So <laughs> anywhere where it's hot, yeah, yeah. where it's hot. I yeah. like, uh, how about Memphis, Tennessee? Do you know anything about Memphis, Tennessee? I say, well, I know that Elvis Presley was born there, but nothing else. I don't You knew know. that. I knew yeah. that, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. And well, it was yeah, not really yeah. good to know in the in the communist country. They didn't right. like Elvis Presley there. We're just, we're popping rounds. I was slipping on the gun deck.
3: Uh, I'd lost about a liter of blood, it turns, turns out. out. So I was, I was, I was, I was, I was leaky. Yeah. And, uh, I, I remember thinking, thinking oh, what the heck is this, man? I thought right. it was water. And right. Ribbits, you know, like yeah, they, they had cans, cans of ribbits. Yeah, or like fuck fucking an IV bag or something. Like, I you don't know, know what the what fuck, the fuck, no, the fuck no, is going on. No, about. I didn't even think about the IV bag. To be, be honest, honest, as a medic, I was, I was worried about, about the ribbits. You're right. It was all man. Yeah. Vividly, you please don't hit the Don't hit the caffeine. Don't hit the caffeine. The low sugar ones, right? That was my thing. And, you know, we're there, and... Yeah, yeah, I it just didn't, didn't even think, think about it.
8: Once, Once we realized it, you kind of came to grips with, with the fact
3: that I've been hit. You pop, turn the gun, it on, you tighten it up. But this is after, after I've cleared the gun, added a new box in, right? We're fed and ready to go. But, but you, so how long had you been? Leaky? Yeah, leaky. Um, three, four minutes. Oh, okay, okay. Not, yeah, not, yeah. not long. These yeah. are little spurts, yeah. right? It's, it's an ebb flow. a crescendo, right? So it came to an end. Uh, you do, do what, what you're gotta gotta do, you got to do, cycle everything, yeah. uh, priorities, priorities of work, and then I worry about, about myself. Just right, like you're taught, right? right. It's, it's, it's muscle memory. And, and, I it problem, memory. And, and I realized that was the problem, right? I looked and at our friends, my friends, the guys in the truck, our TC, the driver. It was definitely me. I probably turned it on, tightened it up, and then it started again. What's that moment, though,
0: when you look down? Because like, you're, you're obviously doing, doing your own sweep, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying, trying to find, to find it. it. That's, That's right. right. You, you find it. no doubt. Yeah. 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 The whole arm was oh, okay. open. open. it was Yeah. yeah. So you, it, you was it was pretty,
3: pretty – like, like I knew, there, there was, was blood trailing down my chest on the ground. I identified the problem pretty quickly. I'm right. super smart, right? right? But I could follow the colors. Yeah. You follow the colors. You look down and like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. So you pop a trigger on. But did you like – Try, were you, were you, like,
0: squeezing, squeezing your, your, your hand, like, making sure, sure you can, can still use, use it? Like, what's oh, like, okay. going yeah. through your Absolutely. head. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, That's a great question. I think you're the only
3: person who's ever asked, asked that. Yeah, yeah you, you do, do the, the functions, functions check, yeah. right? Like, like how, how bad is this? this? And everything, everything works. works and everything it's a little, little delayed. So everything works, which at that point you got to be like, everything works. This is not a big deal. Got it. You know, I've got a little bit of an arterial bleed, but mainly it's venous at this point. Right. So it's not... It's not like a constant a squirt, squirt, right? You know, my, my blood, blood pressure, pressure was up, my heart rate was, was probably in the 160s. So, so, everything was pressurized, yeah. It was about a liter of blood, blood that I lost, and,
8: and I was, was like, like, All right, not, not a big, big deal, right?
3: Right, right. But but I, but I turn, turn it on, on finish this up. Deal, I cinched it down, and, and then you do, do what you got to do, do, right? Gunfight starts against. what do you do? You shoot back, and we're going at it. And you have a tourniquet on your left arm, you're back in the fight. I'm back in the fight. Let me tell you something tourniquet pain sucks, it was. I don't, I don't remember getting, getting shot because it was a lot going on. Tourniquet pain, pain is very is real, real, right? right. Wait, wait, so so and I, I think, think that's, that's a really important
0: distinction and also definition for the audience because if, if you've, you've never, never applied a tourniquet, tourniquet or seen a tourniquet applied, and most, most of the time when I was training in indig, you learn this over repetition over repetition experience, which is like when you have your indig, they don't want to apply tourniquets to the to the degree of pressure that is actually required to stop bleeding cuz Guys start, like, one, they're shot, and then two, they're, they're in a lot of pain as you're applying yeah. a tourniquet in the situation, and then you start amplifying the pain because you haven't got actual pain management on board necessarily okay. yet either. And okay. so it happens a lot, and what we, what we found out early on is that guys were not applying the tourniquets to the pressure that they needed, and then as they were starting to evacuate casualties, guys were bleeding out, they were dying. So it's okay, motherfuckers. You guys got to, like... Put these down, yep. you can't fucking listen yep. to the casualty. No offense, but you can't, because yep. you'll, they'll end up dying if you don't turn right. on. You,
3: you have to crank that thing down, and, you know, and as a the medic, medic, I knew that, right? So yeah. I cranked this thing yeah. down, and, and we, we just, just kept pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, it kind of changed. Our, senior, our junior medic at the time came and put a pressure dressing on, changed it over, and we wrapped it up. At some point, they pulled me out because yeah. we had control. Right? Right. You On know, no. and and the drive back, they put me in the TC rather than the back deck. So uh, you're shooting, shooting back, back with one, one arm, I think you got... So I'm literally, literally, I'm holding my M4 like this yeah. and placing it out here. My, my arm, arm is being held up essentially with my elbow by the hinge, in. and I'm mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. this number. Got it. Um, so, so at least got, got, you got you off, you off the, the 240. They did. They you did eventually pulled me out and put me in the, the truck, truck on the trip back, but I'm still a senior medic, right?
8: We had a couple other people injured. This was cost has gone in the spring. It's like April timeframe. The passes is closed
3: all the time. right? So... I waved, I waved off on cuz I was like, like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm fine. There's, There's that whole thing, thing again, right? And took care of them, waved off, and I thought I'd catch the next, next bird. bird. Well, it wasn't right. the next right. bird, right? So, so when the ass, ass is closed, you got to wait. There's no way to get to you. We're 80-plus kilometers from the next American, so you're SOL. And we knew that we had to do something. So all this is going through. We know we've got to have final treatment on it. Yeah. We went to it. And we prepped this arm for surgery. This arm, this arm to help surgerize because I'm going make up words. We yeah. have the ability here. That uh, makes, makes sense to me. Surgerize surgery. Yeah. That's right. We did a block on the elbow yeah. and uh, you know you we went, went to it. it. We had, had our weapons, weapons guy
0: and engineer helping. You, you, you have, have to explain, explain this. this. Like you, you have, have to explain, explain the procedure and what does it mean to actually prep it and mm-hmm. then
3: conduct the surgery because that it, it, this is fucking wild. So it's, it's just, just like, like you see, see in a hospital. We, we have our really little uh, fire-based clinic, right? Mm-hmm. We've made this. It works really well. We have treatment beds, and we mm-hmm. have, have a surgical suite-ish. You know, It's, it's definitely not, not the Mayo, Mayo Clinic or right. Walter Reed, but it, it works, right? right? We can, can do what we, we got to do. do. So we wash this, scrub it. it make sure, sure everything's clean, we're using mm-hmm. sterile dressing, sterile gloves, all of that just like, like they do in the in hospital. Then, then you prep, prep this with uh, iodine and everything mm-hmm. else to make sure it's done and then, mm-hmm. then you have so to drape it. So You've, shade,
0: you've, 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 yeah. you've shaved your arm and yeah, you prepped it, it for surgery, surgery. And, and we've laid, laid it the right way, way. Yeah. so I'm
3: kind of moving yeah. my body yeah. to get where we, we need, need to be and then you have to put the drape over it so you can have a clean surface to work on Right. and then you have to You know, figure out how are we we going to do this? this? Now, Now, here's here's a little little thing. We we were were looking looking in what's called the War Wound Surgical Surgical Handbook. It was was this green Bible, (laughs) actually. uh, They they didn't uh, didn't uh, train (laughs) fasciotomies. They trained escharotomies (laughs) from a burn. We We talked about about it, it, but they didn't train (laughs) it. So (laughs) we're like... uh, Anatomy yeah. is yeah. the same. Well, well, tell me what, what that is. is. Like so What is it? If you get burned, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. like it's like a like crunchy, crunchy outer, outer, outer layer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you, you got to open that open up so the pressure doesn't occlude the flow of blood, of blood in your arm. And, then and the fasciotomy is? Is, is I've, I've been, been injured. There's something occluding it. And I like it to a sausage. If you have a five-pound sausage skin, you put 10 pounds into it. If there was arteries and veins in there, nothing's going to flow. Right. So we had to open up that skin, the fascia hence fasciotomy to right. uh, the blood flow. Because, because in this case, everything was kind of being included, included from swelling and pressure and everything else. Um, so, so that's what we're going to do. We're not really trained at, at this point. We know how to do it. We know, know the fundamentals of the anatomy. But no one's really done it. I remember looking in here, and it looked like, like Homer Simpson had done, done the drawing on this. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> doing you're doing surgery on yourself yeah, in an annual. We're looking at it. Yeah, and... Then, then we, we realize this is not going to work, gonna so we're going to have, have to go off of what we know, know and make it work. work. We talk we to talk folks in the rear, and they're like, are you sure you have, you have, have to do this? Well, come and get, and get me. I'm sure we don't want to do this, right. but, but you, you can't fly, so if you can't, can't come get me, me and we have this problem, then yes, we have to do this. Because if you
0: don't do this, what are the consequences of not doing
3: this? When blood flow is compromised, your arm starts to die. So your pain goes up, nerves are starting to fire, muscle tissue dies right? without blood flow. That's the complication. At some point, this could probably compromise, lose my arm, all of that right. stuff. I have two hands, one leg. I think we, we did pretty, pretty okay, okay, right? In yeah. retrospect, so, so we, did we did a two out of three compartments. There's three basic compartments in your arm. Mm-hmm. There's this one. There's a deep medial, and then there's the other side, the back end of it. And uh, we opened <laughs> it up. Uh, it was it was surreal. I couldn't I could get, get my, my hand to stop shaking while we're doing, doing this. Like. Because, because I'm I just nervous. Yeah, yeah. you're you doing really surgery on yourself. It's, it's a, a lot, lot to think that. about. This I've, I've got, got our junior medic and a couple and of uh, you know team, team, team guys, yeah, and, everyone's and everyone's like, "Are oh, you really, really going to do this?" So you did. did you did a, did a nerve block. We did a nerve block here, here and we, we had, had to do, do a 10 cc bump of volume to get my arm and my body just down enough to pull this off. Okay, let me get this straight. So,
0: a shot.
3: You're doing surgery on yourself. And, and you're, you're also like, like you had to do, do a bump, bump of volume or in order to do surgery on yourself. You got right. a nerve
0: block. You're in, in the middle of Afghanistan, Afghanistan in a in your in your, your fire-based fire-based clinic on volume as your hand yeah. is shaking because, because you're, you're like, like fuck
6: it, I got to get this thing yeah, done. Uh, assaulted through the the breach um, right. with a
0: so that cement truck and then mm-hmm. post cement truck blows up. You yeah. had 15 guys follow that,
6: and they were yeah postured pretty close. Um, because they, uh, you know, they ran across the airfield, um, and I jumped in a Toyota, and drove over to where the explosion happened, mm-hmm. and we got there about the same time. So when I, you know, map it out, I'm like, how, you know, where were they at? Right. And how, how ballsy to be wearing a suicide vest and and uh, posture close to a five thousand pound bomb. Yeah. I was like. Hmm. <laughs>
0: So those fifteen guys were all wearing S vests.
6: They're all wearing S vests. Uh, all had brand new um, AKs with uh, with the forty millimeter launchers. Oh wow! And all had brand new uh, Chinese armor piercing incendiary ammunition. Wow! That was like weeks old. So, uh, which I'd never really seen that before either, because um, we were like digging through this stuff, and the AK hadn't been in a cache for like you know ten years. It's like mm-hmm. brand new, and uh, the ammunition. Also hasn't been uh, in a cache for right. for years. It's like, like brand new manufactured ammunition. And did they have like uh, was it like HE for the forty millimeter? Yeah. Like, also, so they, were, they had. Yeah. So as they they assaulted uh, online through the breach, and you know they they must have had thirty or forty grenades each because as wow. they were kind of trotting across the airfield, they were just shooting uh, forty mic mic all over the camp.
0: So it's indirect going off too. So you have indirect coming in mm-hmm. from and what what is it like what, what are they so we
6: had it so we had the we had them shooting yeah. their 40 mic mic yeah. all over the place yeah and uh they actually hit we were doing a uh, or i wasn't there but our our company was doing a rehearsal for the change of command and uh that's how my sergeant major got his purple heart is he had the key key leaders for this change of command rehearsal and a 40 mic mic round landed in between him and the the nearest team sergeant wow um, right in between them. Yeah. And as I don't have you ever seen one of those? They they hit, it primes, and then it, they roll a little bit and then detonate. I didn't see. Uh, oh, I didn't, seen haven't it seen it either. Yet. But um, apparently that's how they work. So they it hit, hit, and hit. Then they roll.
0: They roll, and, then
6: and it's like a slight debt or a slight delay. Yeah. Because they were like, holy shit! And then uh, like Tony turned, and and uh, that's his Purple Heart. He's got it all okay. on his back. Wow. But we make fun of him for running away. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, right yeah and uh and then the the first team sergeant I can't remember his name right off the top of my head but he was a seventh group team sergeant and he was standing there like whoa and uh you know they ate that together uh, but then we also had a they had a mortar section yeah. set up uh 180 degrees from where those guys came in okay and it was just you know they were doing little three round fire missions off of
0: what type of mortars were they driving? 60-millimeter 60, mortars, 60, yeah. yeah.
6: And uh, they had their—they uh, hit key infrastructure, and then they just started hitting all the major avenues right. uh, that you would use to maneuver around on the camp just to suppress anybody driving around. So you
0: come yeah. in on this Toyota. Do you see these guys come in through the gate?
6: I didn't see them coming in you through didn't. the gate. I saw the breach, and yeah. I was like, <clears throat> you know, we, we figured out rapidly what the intent of the V uh, bid would be. And so I had uh, I was a sniper, mm-hmm. um, had my sniper rifle, and I was like, "Perfect! I'm gonna get up on high ground right here, right. and anybody that comes to that breach, they're gonna get it." Uh, unfortunately, we parked right in the middle of their like ORP for after they crossed the airfield. Um, so as we pulled in, we pulled into a uh, basically a, a like a little half circle of um, Taliban fighters, and uh, you know the us and our Toyota and, and the two guys on the four-wheeler. So we pulled right into that half moon and they just started shooting us to pieces at, a, at about like, you know, 10, 10 meters. Holy shit. And I still didn't figure it out until, cause I, you know, I could see all the fire coming in <clears throat> and hitting us, but you know, if you don't have line of sight to where the bullets coming from, yeah. um, I was kind of, I could, they had a base of fire mm-hmm. uh, PKM covering their movement. Got it. So I thought that all that, was was from that machine gun that was like two hundred meters away. Right. Um so I had our driver pull in to, to block that fire with the truck, because we had the guys on the four wheeler were mm-hmm. instantly hit. Right. And then I cocked my door open. And as we made that turn to to block the PKM, you know, we pulled into you know, like seven guys standing around in a circle and I got my door open on the on the Toyota looking at them. And uh you know we had like a short like huh here we are oh, dear! And I had, I had a Mark 20 Yeah. and I was getting ready to climb out. So I had the buttstock um, uh, facing outside of the door, right. which, uh, didn't scare them. You know, they're not, the Taliban's not. not scared of buttstocks. Yeah. Okay. You know? okay. And, uh, you know, they looked around like, well, they're here, let's do this. And they started, you know, shooting the shit out of us. Did you get shot right there? I didn't, which, um, drew music was our, yeah. he was the Fox on my team and he came to the B team with me. He was in the backseat. Um, and he's very upset about this fact, because uh every time they would shoot at me, they would miss it would miss, and he was sitting in the back seat, and they would hit him <laughs> 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 uh, i yeah I didn't get shot uh actually the entire battle i didn't get shot uh um, like and he got shot basically every time uh one of these guys how many pulled him did he get shot i i don't know yeah. um and and luckily he never actually got like. A good full hit. Yeah. It always bounced off of something and then it hit him. So right. he's got like these long, it looks like somebody, looks like he got in a knife fight really. Because uh. it would, you know, it'd be a bullet. Yeah. It would hit like the, hit the armor on the truck. And then right. it would come through as just a big flat, um, you know, throwing star. Yeah. And uh, it uh, ruined most of his tattoos. Uh, so now all his tattoos have all these weird scars on them.
0: Well, they, these are, those are really cool scars though. You think well, about you, know, you how talk,
6: many people have those? Right, almost nobody, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you paid a lot of money and he was married, you know, so like right. dropping $800 on a tattoo as a single guy, is one thing, but as a married guy, you know, yeah. and now the tattoo is ruined. Your wife right. is, is going to, you know, really, um, you will know, give you a case of the ass over that. Yeah. But, uh, no, I never got shot. Um, they ha- habitually missed me for some reason. Um, don't know why. It's incredible. I think, uh, I always what, tell what people. What you shoot back at so, them with? So I got my rifle turned around. Yeah. Uh, and uh, pulled the trigger on it, and it—I it, fired one round, and I was just kind of staring over the turret caps. Yeah. And I remember I dumped it about two feet low, and and uh, it, it knocked—they all did like this flinch because it knocked gravel and, and dirt right. all over them. And then my rifle jammed. Um, of course, of course, yeah. Well, you know the, the, the reciprocating charging handle. Yeah. I think when I stuck it out, I grabbed that door right. of the truck and and hung it up because that rifle. It never jammed before, and it never jammed after. I have no idea for sure why it decided to jam one round in this Murphy. particular day. Yeah,
7: yeah.
6: Um, but uh, I, I've been uh, literally beat half to death. That when the rifle goes down, the pistol comes out. Right. Um, so I, I drew my pistol, hopped out of the truck, and just started closing the distance. Um, and honestly, I, I thought that I was just buying. Uh, um, the guys in the truck a little time to figure something out because mm-hmm. there, there was, a at this point, at least three to five guys. What pistol did you have? Glock 19. Okay. And I just started um, basically doing the most stressful El Prez ever.
0: Right. <laughs> 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 the most stressful El Prez. Yeah. So um, you got a Glock 19. You You're you got a red dot on it. You got no, no red dot. You I just got, got iron sights. You're pulling out of a it, car. These guys are, what, 10 yards? Um, yeah, And uh, which is
6: uh, nine guys. Well, to my front, well, they're in a half circle, so I probably had like seven that I was dealing with here. Right. Um, And then when I, by the time I get out of my truck, um, uh, because you know Chief and and Matt, they killed one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember the three guys off to the left, and then uh, movement off to my right, but it was a little bit further, and I was had other things going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah that many it was a little I remember as the stress added up my Your my re- memory of the optic. battlefield starts yeah uh, you know shrinking down to this tiny little little focus um but you know 10 meters is pistol distance so yeah. it's it's a it were worked. they shooting at you at the same time yeah they were shooting at me they just kept hitting drew and uh yeah. and uh, uh Nate Abkermeyer in the right. in the truck yep. and uh i think i was I was moving toward them, but I had an oblique angle, huh. um, and I, I, I could, uh, I had practiced, you know, shooting on the move, and right. so I could hit a moving target on the move, right. and they just couldn't. Uh, Got it. Or, you know, God takes care of drunks and fools, and I'm dual qualified.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're out. You're
6: shooting with your pistol. Like you go through an entire mag. I go through an entire mag. Uh, my gun belt was in the truck. I hadn't put it on yet, so I didn't Good. have a, Good. I didn't have a reload right. for my pistol because uh, I had the. I had my fob runner. Right. So I had a concealed carry. Yep. With my magazines on my gun belt. I had this whole process. Uh they interrupted it. Um, and my rifle's jammed. And we don't really have a drill for that. Yeah. So I invented one. Uh so I pulled my hand grenade out. Right. And uh, you know, pulled it. I thought I cooked it off, you know, about two or three seconds, but yeah. it was probably like, you know, a quarter second. <laughs> a second. Yeah, yeah. But uh I threw it just blindly in between us because I figured uh, anybody that that closes the distance on me while I'm fixing my rifle, this they're going to eat this hand grenade right. and, and then uh, went to work on my rifle, um, you know, uh, doing remedial action on it, which I'm super proud of this part of the story. I think it's the coolest part is that I threw the hand grenade, and then as the grenade detonated, I was sending my bolt home on a, a clean mag with a clean round, and everybody's like, cool. I'm like, no, I fixed a – Complex malfunction in a Scar Heavy <laughs> in like five seconds. That's like really good. It's you, really good. That's the most impressive yeah. part of the story, you know? <laughs> I guess. I'm like, right. you're dumb. You don't know anything about stuff. But, uh, uh you know, I got my rifle up, and uh, one of the guys, when I was closing with the pistol, I, I hit him in the pelvic girdle. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't dead, but he wasn't going anywhere. And when I threw that grenade out, it just – because I just threw it, you know, out there, right. but it, it stuck in between his uh, his uh, hip and the ground. Interesting. And it like just stuck yeah. right there. And he uh, he never so tried. He th- took that. He took that, and yeah. he didn't even try. In like, he did didn't he have re- an s vest on. Yeah, did it, and it was the only S vest that didn't detonate. Huh. So the he ate the grenade. It pretty much blew him it in didn't half. Didn't
0: sympathetically de- detonate. That was
6: literally we had to blow his vest afterwards. And I uh, and it's huh. yeah, it's just one yeah. of those. Uh, my grenade kill guy, the vest didn't detonate. Everybody else I shot, their their vests exploded. Um, I, you know, weird
0: that is interesting. So, that were the vests detonating upon when you yeah, would the, shoot them, mm-hmm. and so they weren't detonating, you were detonating them, yeah. So, at I, time of impact because of the velocity,
6: obviously, so, is what was it? Yeah, more. well, one of them, so. One of them, at like a hundred meters, mm-hmm. I shot the, this next guy, um, and and detonate his vest, mm-hmm. and then uh, the next guy I shot, I shot him through the vest. It didn't detonate, but it, it started smoking, mm-hmm. and then it, it it just you know went exothermic, like you know three or four minutes after I shot him and, and detonated. So, you know, uh-huh. Quality control at the HME lab. Right. So yeah. So it, how long does this go on? So the. The whole gunfight lasted about nine minutes. Uh-huh. I think six for actual exchanging right. exchanging rounds and uh, and then it was over. Was this the most intense gunfight you've
0: ever been in? Yes.
6: Didn't have the interwebs. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Maybe.
0: How fucking lucky. You know. Like when you think about like being in the agency back in the heyday, like in the fifties, it'd oh, be like you bro. do whatever you want. Come on.
5: Yeah, you, you, I mean, you can kill yeah. the president. Yeah,
0: yeah. 1960. Yeah. <laughs> I think they That's did. weird. They? I think they yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, somebody was asking me about it. It's was like, it's was like, uh, you know, and everybody's heard my opinion on that. I'm like, okay, so let me just unpack this. I'm going to give you a two minute unpack for this. Okay. So, me and all my buddies that have been going around for fucking years, let's say seven years, and actually from 1940 to 1960, let's say me and all my buddies, we have an endless slush fund of money and we've been, Cruising the globe, overthrowing countries, and Meddling, conducting and, doing, and conducting assassination for doing twenty years. We want. The president of the United States rolls out of bed one day on the morning of our operation when we're expecting air coverage and says, Fuck it, you guys don't get air support. And then fires most of us. Mm-hmm. Ah How does he not get a moonroof? That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does he keep his fucking head on his shoulders? Yeah. He doesn't. You just yeah. fucking
5: and then you're screwed men, over. And then your men that you trained our machine gun yeah. down on the beach yeah. and you're dealing with guys who were battle hardened here at the end of their careers you're damn right you're, you're gonna off that dude dude you are hard tea at the end fuck yeah you
0: roll out of bed the morning we're getting ready to conduct a ground invasion <laughs> a big one a big one that we've been training for since yeah. the eisenhower administration yeah. like we've spent countless hours we've got like a thousand dudes on the There was beach. a
5: Mew steaming yeah. off the coast, just sitting there ready to go. Like And I told you I did my senior thesis on this. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so my dad was a fighter pilot in the Air Force. Right. His friend was on was one of the um guys that got pulled over to provide air cover. He was in the air. That's and fucking I cool. so I, this is the only A I ever got in high school, by the way. He wrote me a letter. No way. To put into the the thing about <sighs> so his badass. experience, and he said he flew air cover over the top of the beaches and we watched the um, what are those big um, the APCs yeah or the, yeah yeah or, or, or the um, anti aircraft yeah yeah you know the Soviet anti aircraft yeah, yeah they leveled those things down and were like you know fucking strafing the dudes in the water and he said it's the only time he's ever not been proud to be an American he said oh, I was ashamed so to be an American. Mm. At that moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, anyway, that was crazy. But, but
0: My point in that yeah. entire conversation is, like, you don't even need to think about the conspiracy about Lee Harvey and all these other yeah, guys. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, I'm just telling you from personal experience, from knowing a bunch of dudes in this industry, that's like you plan a ground invasion <laughs> in, the, in 1960, like outside of technology today with all – with with us, a, grump, a bunch of people like us that are actually more battle-hardened, like mm. hit the fucking beach in Normandy. They jumped into Italy. They were yeah. in fucking Africa. They did all this stuff. These are the guys. They're the subject matter double PhDs in assassination, sabotage, yep. and covert warfare. Like, they are the guys. Oh, you decide between orgies that you're just gonna pull air support yeah. and you like how did you think that was gonna end up for you as a guy that were like you have no dexterity or even a closeness to the relationship of these are the people that i'm just getting ready to fuck over dude fucking over the mobs one thing you can stick out the, yeah. the fbi and like go door to door you you screw a yeah. gaggle of morons like us like ooh,
5: golly, maybe it was man. the right call Nasty. let's make it a little earlier
0: Make it earlier, not morning of, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah, not yeah. when boots are hitting the water. Yeah, it's yeah. too
5: late. You're yeah. you're hard
0: committed at that point. Yeah. it's too late.
5: You've got men on the beach. Yeah, but in either way, like yeah. like it's your duty.
0: Which I find it ironic that he wrote a book called Profiles in Courage, and then he supposedly made this incredible decision the morning of that was like saved us from World War III against the Soviets and blah 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 blah. Let's actually no you just let a, a, a thousands of men die on a beach and then other, or, or, or I should say hundreds and then thousands were imprisoned after that. And you decided that was the best because we're, oh, that's going to hide the American intervention if we it, because right. if we had aircraft then they would know it was us because like oh big, my god what it's
5: a, it's a big secret yeah that we want Castro out of Cuba you yeah. they were
0: holding parades in stadiums yeah in Florida they were like Cuban exiles were were like marching around in <laughs> uniform. oh man they're they're never gonna find out it's us who knows like anyway like by the way it, like who cares if I'm wrong so it's still funny to talk about, it. right? So yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah, it,
5: could have been the right call. Yeah. Maybe it was.
2: And how long was that on the news for?
0: Oh, by the way, we probably did it. <laughs> oh, the exiles! The exiles had a ground invasion in Cuba. That was what was reported. Like, right? uh, you know, Walter Cronkite was like, "Oh, a, a gaggle of organized <laughs> okay. Cubans like decided to try to take Cuba back." Meanwhile, what? The, the infrastructure and logistics required to conduct a fucking amphibious right. invasion. <laughs> what? Yeah, some exiles with a couple of
5: fishing boats. Yeah, that's what they did. You're right. That's hilarious. I love but it. But you see what I
0: mean. hundred percent,
2: yeah. And it was on the news, what, was that a couple months ago? My timeline is completely fried. But when they was Twitter, whatever, X, oh, yeah, we probably, you know, that was probably us, you know. Yep, everybody just went, yep, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, wait a second. That's a yeah. big deal. Like we've been talking about did the agency hit that dude for how many years? And they're like, Yeah, yeah. probably declassify X or yeah. Y or Z. And they're like, Yeah, never mind. Yeah. You know, never probably us. And Don't worry about that And down. there's aliens. And there's aliens. No big deal.
0: I think that's a distractionary device. Yeah. I think that's my two. I I, I think I think this is a distractionary advice, which yeah, is like I
5: concur on that one.
0: And I'm just like trying to unpack this and follow my logic for two seconds, which is, okay, so if aliens landed on Earth, okay, the technology required for aliens to land on Earth means that they're so far more advanced than we are that we have... Essentially, it would be like a a dog looking at us. Like, they Mm. don't have the same level of comprehension as we do, not even close. And... Okay, so is it just like an experimental ship with a couple of these small guys like cruising around and they just like forget them in space? Like they yeah. crash? Okay, so let me just yeah. put uh, – I'm going to rewind. So you travel the equivalent of thousands of years yeah. in, a, in a technology that is the equivalent of us versus a dock. And you crash? And you crash. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, come on. You don't, you don't crash. Like, you yeah. don't. I'm sorry, guys. Like, right. It doesn't work like that. You can't, like, counteract physics as we know it, as a, as a species, as a fucking dude walking around upright, and then all of a sudden have the technology to travel, like, billions of fucking miles... And then, oops, we fucking ran out out of (laughs) gas. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're a crash landing on anything. This doesn't make sense, man. And this was like,
5: just get observed. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they don't, if if you've got that technology, you're not gonna get observed if you don't wanna be observed. No. You're just gonna hang out. Well, that's the
2: real question is do you want it to be true? Yeah. Is it a distraction? Is it not a distraction? Do you want it? I want it to be true so bad. I want it to be true. Yeah, like I really do. Because, I, I mean, come on, Because man. why not? Yeah, like we need something else. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we like, need some we, shit. We need something.
5: Yeah, we you need know. somebody else to fight, right?
2: Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, maybe that'll bring us together. Finally, North Korea and America together but to fight the aliens—the the common know.
2: enemy. Yeah, right. in the sky. <laughs>